Hello, I'm Richard. This is over and over and over again. We're live and this is the Newcastle versus Arsenal pre-match warm-up show. Good evening, it's Friday, it's eight o'clock and this is over and over and over again and this is the latest in the warm-up shows. This is obviously the pre-Newcastle versus Arsenal match um, warm-up show. I've got some special guests joining me. We've got a few things to talk about, obviously, um, including very, very briefly, I'll have to say, um, our rather disappointing game last night as well, um, plus a load of other stuff and obviously looking ahead to the game on Sunday, which um, we have actually got a Premier League game on Sunday, which is um, which is nice, isn't it? Because... No one seems to be bothered about it. And on our side, I think it may be a little bit more important to uh, the guys at Newcastle, but we'll find out very soon anyway. Um, so joining me tonight to be involved in this show, of course, as usual, he's a resident panellist on the channel. It is, of course, Melvin. How you doing, Melvin? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. I mean, this is more exciting than uh, the game, isn't it? I really enjoy this. This is. I think I'll watch it this is, on yeah. instead of the game. We'll re- rerun this. I must admit, it's be, it's becoming more exciting doing these shows than uh, when I'm watching the game at yeah. a minute. Anyway, I'm sure um, I'm sure Sunday will be uh, will be a totally different story, of course. Um, and joining us as well, it's his uh, debut on the channel. Actually, it is a Newcastle fan. He's from the the enemy this weekend. It's uh, it's Barry. How you doing, mate? You're right. I'm good, Paul. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Good. Looking forward to Where the show. Good to see and, you. Um, looking forward to the game. Um, yeah, so. What I wanted to really do was before we we kind of um, sort of start with the show. With obviously you're new to the channel, Bazza, so just yeah. give us an introduction about yourself, really. You know your history of maybe Newcastle. You know when it all started yeah. for you, that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, 30 years ago, uh, probably to the day. Maybe I don't know. I can't I can't remember my first game. My dad took me. Our only thing I remember is uh, Mick Quinn scored, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I was literally starstruck. You know, this was. Newcastle United, because I used to go to Whitley Bay matches first. It was obviously a tiny, tiny ground, you know, but it was just getting used to live football. And my dad went, right, we want a Newcastle. And he knew something was happening because Ozzy Ardilis was in charge. And then Kevin Keegan took over when I was there. It was just, you know, the the football we played was exceptional at that time. And, you know, what kid living in Whitley Bay, you know, just down the road from Newcastle, could, you know, the only one club in our city, it just fell in love with it, basically. It's as simple as that. Black and white, bleed it. <laughs> Probably a good time as well to, to have started as well. It must have been exciting times then at Newcastle. Oh, well, we had the over our head, we had the relegation potentially when Ozodilis was there. And it was, you know, I, I reckon we went to about four or five games and then Keegan took over and then the excitement took over. And that season when we won the League One Championship, what it is now, you know, we played some breathtaking stuff. Keegan convinced Rob Lee to come and join us and John Beresford and players like that. And we just absolutely hammered everyone almost. It was it was very exciting and finished sixth the first time. No, third. Third first time round in the Premier League it was. Yeah, with Andy Cole, Peter Beardsley, 
Peter Beardsley, number eight. Greatest player ever to wear that shirt in my eyes. No, I mean, it was it was a great Newcastle side. I mean, I can remember seeing, obviously, coming down to Highbury a few times. You did. I was up at St. James a few times in them years. And great Newcastle team, great football. And you should have won, maybe won the Premier League a couple of times, shouldn't you, really? Once, definitely. Uh, the other times, we finished second a couple of times, but we were miles behind. I know there was one of them when Dag Leash was in charge, uh, when he took over from, from Keegan. But he just played the Keegan side and Keegan way. Uh, but that year when we blew that 13-point lead to Manchester United, it still hurts now. It really does. <laughs> yeah, we are all of Let's us. Let's not talk about all that. <laughs> no, we, we all wanted you to beat oh. him to the title anyway, so um, we're all disappointed oh. as well. I'm sure not, not probably That's that horrible. Yeah. Well, I remember just... a game from Liverpool. Oh. Liverpool, Liverpool game. game. Oh. The Blackburn game. All those games you should have won. Horrible. Yeah, Graham Fenton was a local lad as well and he scored two past were. Yeah. Celebrated like you yeah. meant it as well, the cheeky swine. Yeah, and then no, there was no, no. Uh, Forest as well. We drew 1 1. West Ham, we drew 1 1 at home. We, we just threw points away, and my United kept on winning 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0. It was a bit like the Arsenal of old. <laughs> Do you yeah, think, no. Barry, you think that Osprina, who was a fantastic footballer, you think how yeah. they balanced the team a bit when they signed him? Not at all, no. I mean, he, no. He, he won us a game when he came off the bench, didn't he, against Millersboro. We were 1-0 down and we were looked down and out. And then he came on, turned the game and we won 2-1. And, you know, he was the world player of the year just the season before. Yeah, he, he was very good like that. He is. Uh, I think, I just think Keegan didn't have the technical nounce to be able to win that league at that point. He, he, I think the players froze a bit, thinking if we do keep going forward, we're going to lose games. And I just think everyone got a bit tense. And that was yeah. just, just how it happened, really. And that's why you saw the games being 1-0 defeats, 1-1 draws, you know, things like that. We we just seemed to have found the knack of not winning 3-4, 1-4-2, 4-3 like we used to do. It was just one of those things. The pressure probably as well, isn't it? It's towards the end yeah. of the season when the pressure's on, isn't it? And that's when you have to be able to grind out the result, which obviously that year, Man yeah. United, as you said, winning 1-0, that's Did. what you have to do, don't you? That comes from yeah, the beat us. Beat us, doing it. The beat us 1-0 at St James's Park, Cantona scored, we hit the ball, we absolutely peppered Peter Schmeichel, greatest goalkeeper ever to play in the Premier League. And he single-handedly won them the title on that evening because if we'd beaten them, we would have won it. But... They went away from St James's Park with three points, closed the gap, and the, the rest is history. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was obviously. It must have been a great time to be a Newcastle fan, anyway. Oh, though, to see the football, it was, was fantastic, wasn't it? Um, I brilliant. would take those thirteen-point losses every season right now. <laughs> it hurts, yeah, no, but watching that yeah. football, I would rather watch that and not win a title than watch the stuff we're watching now. So, Yeah, no, no, I definitely understand what you, how you feel because we're in a similar situation from witnessing mm. great football not so long ago to witnessing the dross that we're having to suffer at the moment, which kind of brings me on briefly to that game last night, Melbourne. I haven't spoken to you since that the, the result and the performance last night. I mean, it was... Did you watch the game yourself, Baz? Did you watch Arsenal last night? Did you catch any of that? I didn't, unfortunately. I didn't get to watch any football. I went to bed early because I was on a 12-hour shift today, getting up at five in the morning. So, I uh, I saw the score. Uh, yeah, well, I, t I saw the score for the Man United game. They were 2-1 down. I had a dream yeah. that they, they got beat 6-4 and they ended up winning 6-4. I was like, what the hell is going on here? 6-2 the one. 6-2, Jesus. 
Yeah. No, no, that you're was, still that in was it, though. You're still in it. This is this is the thing that gives me hope for Sunday. You're still in the tie. No, we are still in it. We didn't deserve to be in it. I mean, what did you make of that, Melvin? I know, you know, it wasn't the greatest um, performance from Arsenal, was it, in such a big game? I mean, um, the first half in particular, that was dreadful, wasn't it? I think the fraud squad have been called in how we got a, a result out of that. It was like a win last night, wasn't it, losing 2-1? Because at 2-0, <laughs> oh, we were we were out completely, down at 10 minutes, out completely. Didn't look like we were going anywhere near. And once we had a man sent off, we seemed to buck our ideas up. But that first half performance, you thought it was a pre-season friendly the way we played. All the bad habits came back. And it's not as if it's happened once in the blue moon. This happens every two out of every three games now. We, we don't, teams sometimes don't have to really try that hard to score against us. There's no urgency. And I'll be honest, well, I probably I spoke to you before. I was actually half watching the game. I didn't, you know, you've got, when you watch a football game, you've got to concentrate, haven't you? I wasn't even concentrating. It was like, it was on, it was like listening to music in the background of the game. I was really, really fed up. I thought, I'm, it's, it's, I've already put up the white flag. I don't know what to do next. What do you do after you put the white flag up? There's nothing left, is there? I thought they were, first of all, I've never known, I'm digging a manager out here, I'm doing it more and more each week and I wanted to back him. I still want to back him, but he's, I'm, I'm losing my patience. You're playing a very, very, very important game and you play with neither, not a full-back in the team. When you've got two fit full-backs on the bench, that's number one. Number two, when I saw the team who was playing, I thought, oh, Pepe, in the middle, up front, that sounds all right, that, because... I've always fancied him going to go there because if he gets in the box, they can't tackle him. They can't lunge at him. I thought, well, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. But then after about 20 minutes, I said to the boys, why is he hugging the, the touchline if he's supposed to be playing up front? Someone said, well, no, he's got a, a free roll. So if he ain't got a free roll, you don't get a free roll if you're hugging the left. He's actually, don't you realise, he's actually playing on the left. We haven't got a centre forward. We have not got... So I just, I just like threw my hands in the air and thought, nah. I just don't get it. I just do not get it. And no, uh, as I say, the fraud squad ought to be going around to the O Emirates today and have a take a few names because we were so, so, this, we didn't deserve that at all. Number one, I don't think it was a penalty. That's number one. No, it wasn't. But, all right, it wasn't, it. it wasn't a penalty, yeah. but we, we, we'll take it. All right, very, very poor decision by the referee. And I thought, we didn't look like we were going anywhere. And they look like they've never met each other before. I mean, some of it, I know they've had some of them, have, a lot of them have played together, obviously. But if you keep changing the team around, you're not going to get any fluidity. You've got no. to have a, keep the same eight or nine players, if you can, obviously, every week. So you get understanding. They don't know each other better than they did a year ago. And, that is, and, I don't, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't believe Arteta knows his best 11. If they're all fit and they're all playing well, he would not know who to pick. And uh, yeah. we haven't gone forward. We have gone backwards. And I, no, I just, as no. I say, I want him to do well. I, you know, I want him to do well, but I'm, I'm losing patience now. I think I've lost my fight. I think that's it for me now. I really do. Yeah, Irrespective no, no. of Thursday, and if, if we get through against United, whatever, I think I've seen enough now. I think the jury's not out with me anymore. I think uh, the yeah. old black cat's gone on top. Yeah, no, no, I, I kind of agree. Um, Terry's in the chat. He says, hi, Aidan. Terry, thanks for watching. And Shane as well. He was just on the, the two of you, actually, in the chat. I was on that channel with, with Paul and 
uh, and uh, and Pete as well. He said, um, we have to thank Sabaya for getting sent off. If he didn't, we would have lost three or four nil. We certainly played well, better after that. Yeah. played a lot better after that, to be fair. And it maybe did us a bit of a favour. And it's done us a big favour because it means he can't play next week either, which is even better. So um, <laughs> it's done us a favour in, in two respects there. In fact, Shane made a good point actually earlier, Melvin, on the other show. Um, what he said yeah. was that he, he could predict Newcastle's starting eleven for Sunday a lot more easily than he could predict ours. And that's a good point because... I feel exactly the same. I could pr probably predict Newcastle starting 11 for Sunday and probably get nine of them right, possibly. Maybe even all of them right, potentially. And with Arsenal's, I'd, I'd get any right, maybe two or three if we're lucky. And that just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, we can predict other teams' lineups and they're going to line up, but we can't predict our own team. I thought so. I've never yet got anywhere near Arteta's lineup. I've had nine out of 11 on a very good week. But I've got more chance of winning the lottery. To get <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I know sometimes, you know, other fans of other clubs, I know they complain about maybe the manager doesn't make enough changes, but at least you can predict the team lineup. Like you know where you are, you know what to expect with Arsenal. You just haven't got a clue. Absolutely haven't got a clue from week to week, game to game. And we'll come on to it a bit later, obviously, the team for Sunday. I mean, I haven't got up to tell you what, I haven't got a clue what our team will be. Could be anybody could play. I just haven't got a clue. <laughs> but anyway, we, we will come on to that. I, I did want to move on, actually, because it's something that's obviously been quite big news over the last couple of weeks in particular. Obviously, club owners. Now, obviously, Arsenal and Newcastle are in a, in a position where we've both got owners that are not the right people to be in charge of our clubs. I think we all accept that. Um, but I, I don't think it's just as simple as just that, is it? I mean, how, first of all, I mean, obviously, from your point of view, I mean, I know you guys have uh, been wanting Ashley out of your club for as long as I can remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're still, you're still there. I mean, how, how can fans get rid of an owner? Because we'd like to know, because that's what we're trying to do. Tell me as well. <laughs> we've still got ours on. We're 14 years. We've been waiting to get rid of them. Uh, I've put out there a lot of times uh, a massive clear-out boycott of the stadium. He uses it as an advertisement holding. Mm. Uh, if he went to a game, saw that there was only 5,000 sitting in a 52,000-seater stadium, all the sky cameras were there, he would panic. And people will always say to me, well, he's already got your money, he's not going to panic. It's like season ticket sales are nothing to him. But having an atmosphere and people in the ground with sky cameras there to flash off his advertising boardings, that's what he wants. So if we all stop, you know, going to the games and buying the stuff that's in the stadiums, buying his merchandise, he will take no. But it's just impossible to organise. Unless you're a really strong fan base that's all together, you're not going to get 45,000 people to walk away. And that's why we've been stuck with them for so long, in my eyes. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's so difficult because there'll always be fans that won't want to not go because of how, how important it is to them individually. And you can understand that, you know. I mean, we've all been in football for a long time, haven't we? we you know, it's, and we've probably this last year when we've not been able to go, you realise how much of a, uh, a, big, a big part of your life it is going to football. And to give it up, we haven't given it up intentionally. It's been sort of forced on us, really. But to actually make that decision yourself to give up going... And yes, it's for the greater good of the club in the long run, I guess. And that's probably a good enough reason. But it's hard to do that, isn't it? It's hard to organise. I mean, we had a big protest on um, last Friday ahead of the game that we had against Everton. And, you know, it was well attended and it, it went well. But 
the, the owners don't care about that, do they? They don't care about protest outside the ground. Like you said, they care about how it directly affects them. And the only way it affects them is yeah. if it affects them financially. Even then, I don't know if they're that bothered, are they, particularly? You know, I mean, I, I, I can only apologise. I, I bought some football books from Sports Direct, so I must be honest, they were cheap. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and I think a lot of people do, don't they? But that's the way it is, isn't it? Okay. Um, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I, I was thinking earlier, I was had this conversation a bit earlier on, actually, that I don't like our owners. I think that their interests are in American, the American team that they own and not in Arsenal at all. They're not yeah. interested in Arsenal. But... They're not to blame for a lot of the problems that we've got. They didn't pick Arteta as manager. They don't pick the team. They don't pick the players. They didn't buy the players, you know. Um, and just because you might get one owner out that you don't like, it doesn't necessarily mean that the next owner who comes in is going to be any better. I mean, how can how can you know that? I mean, I know you had the Saudi sort of takeover, didn't you, which didn't end up happening in the end. It got kind of rejected by the Premier League. I mean, do you think yeah. that would have been the answer to all your problems? I do, yeah, because of the actual massive clout they had behind them. If you totaled up every single Premier League club's finances, double it. That's how much they were worth. You add all those Premier League clubs together and times it by two, they had that kind of money. It would have been exceptional. How much, could have no, no, I, no, no, I understand that, but the clubs yeah. you own at Arsenal are worth billions. But yeah, that doesn't make them good owners because they've got a lot of money. You know, I get that, but they were getting involved around the area as well, though. They've, they've donated money to the Newcastle Food Bank, which is incredible. You know, they were looking for infrastructure. They were looking to plough money into it to help the area. There was so much more they were willing to do. And I think they would have brought back Rafa to do it as well. And I, I really do believe they, they are still the answer to our prayers. Uh, if we don't get a takeover and it's, it's not them... Again, we could be looking at another Ashley in my eyes. So we want the Saudis. And I know there's this political stuff, but Anthony Joshua is fighting Tyson Fury. Where is he fighting them? In Saudi Arabia money. But why is there no uproar? Why is there nothing in the papers about this? Why is this person coming out whose husband was apparently assassinated by them saying, but we don't want Tyson Fury and, and Joshua fighting over there because of all this. No, nope. mm. only when it's Newcastle. It always seems to be an agenda against us because we're all the way up in the north. <laughs> no one cares how far away we go. We're that far away. We should be in the Scottish League. We might do better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think that'll ever happen in that Saudi takeover? Or do you think that's dead now? I've said there's got to be something still bubbling. There's the arbitration to go through. You know, if we win that, which is looking quite likely, there's a very good chance the takeover could still happen. Uh, Premier League survival was key. And I think, I, personally, I think we're safe now. I really do. I don't think Fulham can catch us. Uh, eight points is enough in my eyes. And I still think we've got another seven points in us. Uh, and I think it's, it's bubbling away in the background. Yeah, starting free on Sunday, free against Sheffield United and a point against Fulham on the last day of the season. There's my predictions. Sorry, sorry, Gaza. What was the reason for Saudi Arabia? I know they've got a human rights issue. Well, don't get me wrong, I realise yeah. that. But is that the reason why, the human rights issue? No, no, but that's what was brought up in the newspapers, wasn't it? It was all about, you know, Saudi money coming in and all these human rights and this and that. We don't want them in the Premier League and da-da-da. But the Premier League itself vetoed it apparently because they didn't know who was actually going to own the club so obviously PIF are a big entity there's a lot of people put the money into it it's a state-owned money so someone has to actually have their physical name on it and the Premier League was saying that all that information wasn't provided PIF have said they did provide it 
So this is why it's going to arbitration because someone's lying and they need to it needs to come out. It's, it's it's quite funny. It's not exactly the same, but you know the Premier League want to be all high and mighty, but yeah. we're sending our footballers over there to Qatar where they have slaves building the stadiums. So it's just yeah. a nonsense. The whole thing's a nonsense. And apparently there's a lot of information to come out all about this Super League. I know we we'll probably might not talk about it tonight, but apparently Richard Masters might have known about it before it actually happened. And if it did happen, he was actually going to be leaving the Premier League to join them as well. So that comes out. He's in big wow. trouble. Wow. Yeah, he is, yeah. I mean, already the uh, the, the kind of uh, the chief executives of all those six clubs have been, uh, have been forced to resign, haven't they, from the Premier League committee? So they... Five out of six. Is it five out of six, is it? Have resigned. There's still one sitting in his perch, isn't there? Just down the road from you lot. Ah, is that true? Right. I know. Obviously, yeah, Danny Levy's goes. still there, isn't he? He's still there. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Is that man called then, Richard? Yeah. yeah. He's got a yeah. yeah, yesterday. Oh, right. Yeah. So, is it, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes of all that Super League yeah. stuff that will come out uh, hopefully eventually we'll find out what's going on but it's not at the end of the day it wasn't just suddenly thrown on everybody was it on that Sunday evening it wasn't it had been planned for, for years and a lot more people were involved in the planning of it than have, have been kind of named already it's obvious isn't it you know it wasn't just these 12 clubs in Europe that were that knew about it there's a lot more people behind the scenes as well and um, I'm sure there's going to be more to come on that anyway over the next few months and in a few years and I suppose I mean you look at the, the new format of the Champions League, actually, and that's basically the Super League under a different name anyway, isn't it? When you, mm. The way that's been restructured for 2024, that they've kind of got a Super League anyway in a different way. Um, and no one seems bothered about that one particularly. But anyway, I mean, if, you, if you're in it, you're going to be happy, I suppose. But um, I guess that's the way it is. Um, Terry's in the chat there says, Hi, uh, Richard Melvin uh, and Bazaar. I see people's minds haven't changed since yesterday, apart from the disappointment on Richard's face. Yeah, no, I was, I was pretty upset last night, I must be honest, but I've kind of got over it now. <laughs> Seeing these guys on the, on the terrorist Oh, right. now you know how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. At least I only have to part of it once every so often, I suppose. Um, and Shane says, uh, to, to Bazzi said, um, did you fill your stadium in the championship? Match day sales and parachute payments probably helped, Ashley. You know that? They, they probably did. Would you did, get yeah, yeah, we, in the Yeah, I think 45,000 was our average through the whole season. So we we still obviously Rafa was there, wasn't he? We all knew mm. what the, he wanted. We all knew what the area wanted. We knew he was the man to lead us back into the Premier League, and we all followed him. And when he left, that was me. I I, I haven't been back since Rafa left. Uh, that really? was my uh, yeah, that was my turning point, and I took my stand by by not going back. But now lockdown. And not being able to see friends and that, it's like, oh, I want to go back to my church. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 like I said, when, it, when it's forced on you, it, it feels worse yeah. than if you make that decision for yourself, doesn't it, in, in some ways? And it that's does. what we, I we've all had to suffer, haven't we, last year? Um, Joe's in the chat as well. How are you doing, Joe? Thanks for, um, thanks for tuning in as well. Um, I mean, I know that the owners, it's, we can't get rid of them. I mean, Melbourne, obviously, from our point of view, what have you been making of this Spotify dude? Do you think he would be a good, a potentially good owner? Should that ever happen? I don't know too much about him, but I don't think, I've probably said it before, but I think that if the guy, I'm sure he's genuine, but if you're going to do things the right way, you don't blast your mouth out. You do it quietly, you don't close doors, and you don't seem to get, it seems if he, if he is genuine, perhaps he wanted to get the fans on his side. That doesn't make any difference yeah. to our owners. They only understand cash if they want to sell. 
Can I say that, one thing? I'm not very I don't think that, that brings alarm bells to me, what you've just said there, that apparently this guy who wants to buy you is, is shouting his mouth off. Guess who did that as well? Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley. 14 years ago, he went to the newspapers, really? I'm going to buy Ronaldinho, I'm doing this, I'm going to do that before he bought the club. Bought the club and we've seen none of it. So be wary. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm always wary anyway. I think that, you know... One owner to another owner, just because you change doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. You know, it's, it's yeah. difficult. You know, how, how do you know? I mean, I think we would all deep down like a Roman Abramovich type owner who's going to invest <laughs> yeah. in the team and doesn't care and wants to win win your trophies and you know make the club successful. And if we all had one of them, we'd be happy. But just because we get rid of one owner doesn't mean the next owner is going to be like that. Um, and someone who's successful in business generally they're successful in business because they're clever with their money and they don't waste it on stuff they don't need to. And it's a balancing act. I feel a little bit um, kind of in a bit of a dilemma with it, really, because I know the Cronkies aren't right, but sometimes, you know, what you get might end up being worse than what you had. And, you know, we've kind of seen that maybe with Wenger leaving. Everyone wanted Wenger to leave and he's left and we've got Messer in now. And just because the Cronkies might well go. And I say I don't think they're the right people to take the club forward because they don't care. Doesn't necessarily mean someone who comes in just because they're rich is, is the right people necessarily. So... But we'll see what happens. I mean, that, that's we don't really control that. They'll sell if they feel like selling, if it's right for their business. If they get the right offer, they might well sell at some point. And let's hope that happens and we get good owners. And let's hope Mike actually sells your club as well at some point. And that takeover does happen. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it'll be happy days all round, maybe. Uh, and maybe back to the days, you know, Arsenal, Newcastle in the, in the top two or three in the league again. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be really nice. <laughs> you never know one day. I mean, kind of moving on to that. I mean, I wanted to kind of look at... Um, the form of the two, the two clubs, actually, which seems to have kind of spun around a little bit. You know, you couldn't get a win at all for ages, for months, you know, struggling down the bottom of the league. And um, yeah. I remember at one point, actually, early in the season, you were actually above us because you'd had a reasonably decent start. We were on a terrible run. Um, and obviously, things turned around at that point and then you were struggling and we, well, we were still in a not far up, further up than we were, but at least our results have improved slightly. They did. And now you're on a great run, aren't you? I mean... I guess in the, the injuries have helped, haven't they? Is that the main reason for the turnaround, do you think, the, the players that you've got back fit again? Definitely. ASM, if we keep a hold of him for next season, I will be over the moon because without him, we, we don't win football matches and the stats prove that. And also the stats prove about Wilson, we don't win football matches very rarely because he's the one who scores the goals. So having them two back, I mean, it showed you in the Burnley game, they came on and within five minutes, we're 1-0 down to be winning 2-1. And then we managed to hold on to get the three points. So getting them two back was crucial to our season. I mean, you saw how bad we were against Brighton if you watched the game. It was absolutely oh, that was shocking. That was a disgrace. Yeah. It was literally just down tools oh, from right. the first minute. And that was horrible to watch. And I thought that was it. We were down after that. I didn't see us coming back. And I thought like you were down. Those... Yeah, I think, well, you made that. I remember watching that game. You made Dunk look like the greatest midfielder, though he's centre-half in the world. <laughs> he had so much time on the ball. He could have had a cup yeah. of tea every time he got the ball. A little bit away to the crowd and then pass it. You didn't make one challenge that game. And I thought, oh, I spoke to... I, I, I spoke to Paul... It was not Paul. I spoke to John afterwards and said mm. that was disgraceful. He had to agree it was. It was shocking. It was. Absolutely shocking, that game. It was like the white flag went up before kickoff. Yeah. Mm. I think the players wanted to get Broussacked after that game. They thought if they got beat and got beat comfortably, that would Mike Ashley force his hand to say, right, Bruce, you're out the door. 
And because it didn't, I think the players have then realised, gone, well, we could be playing in the championship next season. We're not going to get rid of them. So let's book our ideas up and, you know, try and get some results, which is what happened in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, that obviously was the low point of the season, wasn't it, that Brighton game? And mm-hmm. since then, you haven't lost, actually. Is it five games unbeaten? And you've beaten, you know, West Ham was a brilliant result to beat West Ham. And you got a draw with Tottenham. Again, that's a decent yeah. result as well. And, you know, you're, you're on a, a good run of form, actually, which is not good from our perspective because you've you hit form at the wrong time for us, I suppose, because yeah. I'd like to have played you maybe three or four weeks ago when I'd have fancied our chances. But since then, we can't win a game and you can't lose a game. So it has really turned around and it's been... Um, it's been sort of strange to see, actually, because, you know, I've, I've followed Newcastle um, quite a lot anyway. And um, so the, the, I've been aware of how badly you were playing before. And, yeah. you know, suddenly some of the re- recent results. I mean, what did you make of the game last week against Liverpool? Because, I mean, Liverpool could have scored four or five goals, couldn't they? And then in the end, you mm-hmm. maybe unlucky not to have won. That goal disallowed from Wilson was uh, was unfortunate, wasn't it? Yeah, it should never have been disallowed. But I, to be honest with you, if that goal stood, I, I didn't see us score in the next one anyway because they were that close together. I think that would have been the yeah, end that's of the game. True, yeah. uh, to be honest with you, the more likely Liverpool would have went down the other end and probably had a chance of maybe beating them if they had more time. So I'm just happy we got a point from that game. And uh, we, we showed little flashes through the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. John Joe Shelby played a lovely ball through to... Um, uh, Sean Longstaff and he, he had a decent effort you know Joe Linton had a decent chance we did create a little bit but you're right if Liverpool had been out of sight at half time it, it would have been white flag again but somehow we stayed into the game which is thanks to our amazing goalkeeper Dubravka I think he's one of the top Premier League goalkeepers and uh, without him they would have been out of sight so yeah it was again stealing a point like we did against Spurs first yeah. game or well, second game of the season when we won that shoddy penalty. <laughs> so yeah, happy day. Oh, it was a handball, wasn't it? Handball. Yeah, yeah, yeah where Handy Carroll headed the ball onto his hand, and that all that brung the change in the rules, didn't it? You know, that's how lucky we got. But uh, it was your man Willick who's really done the job for us. He's created seven points out of the goals he scored for us this season. Since he's came, unbelievable. Why is he not? Why is he not getting a start? Then? Why is he not getting a start in the team? Because he's on. He's been on the bench, hasn't he? Last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. This is what's frustrating a lot of our fans is that he keeps picking Shelby, and Shelby, in our eyes, he's he's too much of an expansive player to have in our team because he's too slow. He doesn't get around the pitch. Yes, his Hollywood balls look great, and sometimes when they come off, they're amazing, but it's too far and few between. We would rather have Willick, who's got legs to get backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards for 90 minutes. But uh, Bruce has got him as a super sub at the moment, hasn't he? And he won't drop Shelby. That's that's the, the main, main reason why he's not starting. Well, that's strange. That's strange. It's it's mental. <laughs> but he won't drop the front three, you see, because you've got Wilson, Almiron and ASM. Them three are solid up, up top. So hmm. Willock has to sit in behind them. Now, Willock's best position is either where Almiron plays or where Shelby plays. And then you have the defensive midfielder around him to, to cover a bit of ground for him. But he's not going to drop Shelby. I like Almiron and I would hate to see him dropped, but... Maybe that's his position potentially going forward. But he can't play against you guys, so it's yeah. a bit of a shame because he could have uh, done a couple over you and shown you what you're missing. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he would have had a point to prove as well. Um, get, uh, 
Joe says, obviously, Joe Willock's um, been getting in the goals. Yes, he has. Um, he's been getting quite a few lately. I think he's got... He's never actually... Four. I think he scored one Premier League goal for Arsenal in his whole career. And he scored, what, four for Newcastle in the short time he's been there. So, just goes to show, doesn't it, sometimes that, um, you know, players work at some clubs and not others, maybe. And Gary's in the chat there. Good evening, Richard. Okay. Thank you, mate. Hope you're well. Um, and Shane says there, Mike Dean to ref the game. Yeah, he is on Sunday. Mike Dean... That's going to be fun. Well, no, I did hear actually Arsenal haven't lost the game. Mike Dean's ref for quite a long time. He, we've got oh, a decent great. record with him refing recently. <laughs> so that might not be a bad thing um, from our point of view. I mean, talking about Joe Willock, Melvin, I mean, um, do you think that we might sell him in the summer or do you think he, he can come back in? Because obviously now he's, he's proved himself in the Premier League, which he didn't really do for Arsenal, has he? Do you think we're going to take him back or do you think it might be better for him to move on? If we, if Arteta's still our manager next season... I think we ought to sell him because Arteta's not going to pick him. No. And it's a horrible thing to say, but I'm going to make this point now. Both our low knees to Premier Division clubs have improved a lot since they've moved. And I like a manager to get the best out of players. And Arteta hasn't got the best out of those players. It's quite the reverse. You've got, you know, that, with all due respect, you've got Steve Bruce and Sam Allardyce. Right? They're not, they're good managers, but they're not, tip-top managers with due respect and yet they've managed to get a, a, a decent, decent, well, they've improved both players innumerably. Our manager hasn't. So there's a question mark up there. I don't think it's worth him coming back because I think he'll always be remembered or always be thought of, especially with Arteta there, as a reserve team stroke squad player. He'd never make it at Arsenal on that basis. I'm not saying that I think he's the greatest. I think there's a. I think he's got to improve his game. And if he's done it with Newcastle, good luck to him. You know, if he's learned a couple of things, they're brilliant. But for what I saw with, with us, he wasn't getting the time. And when he did, it just wasn't working for him. It may be that Newcastle, the way they play and the manager they've got at the moment, it might just suit him. And good luck to him. You know, he always gave 100% for Arsenal. And he, and he, he played with heart. And he wasn't frightened to try things. It didn't always come off. He wasn't frightened to try things. So I'd love to see him make it in Newcastle or if Newcastle went somewhere else. I don't think it's well. I personally don't need a future of the Arsenal. Just to no. cover up what you said as well, one of the things that we haven't seen is Willick in 90 minutes either ourselves. So Willick's come on and scored goals in little bit parts. Now he's given himself a bit of a hero's culture because the way he scored the goals, he's got a seven points, which has kept us up. So everyone's thinking we've got a superstar on our hands, but we we might not have because we've not seen him do it over 90 minutes consistently yet. He's got talent, he's got potential, but slapping a £25 million fee on him is going to scare us away. I think he's worth 16 to be honest with you, because the reasons Mervyn, you came out with. And... You've got to see him over 90 minutes, and we haven't seen that. So until I see that, I'm not getting carried away with him. I'm happy with what he's done, but I'm not going to say yeah. he's the next big thing for us because we've not seen it consistently ourselves. Mm. So you've got a very good point there. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I, I think he, he's had plenty of opportunities at Arsenal. He's played nearly 80 games for Arsenal across the different competitions, and I don't yeah. think he's ever really... Um, proved himself, like you said, consistently for Arsenal, he hasn't. Mm. And he's certainly doing well for Newcastle. Like you said, when he's come on, he's made an impact. And he never yeah. even really did that enough for Arsenal. He had a few good games in some of the Europa League games against lesser opposition and in some of the cup games as well. But in the Premier League, he's never really been consistently good. 
for Arsenal. Mm. And that could be the, the, the system and the manager. And maybe he would be able to do that in Newcastle under Steve Bruce or yeah. whoever. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens. Whether or not, I suppose ultimately, it's, does he want to leave Arsenal? Or does he feel he, he can go back and, and have an impact there next season? I suppose that's going to come down to that as well, isn't it? A little bit, possibly. And do Arsenal want to sell him? The other thing as well with Willick is you know, when he played for you 20, guys, 20 was he getting been, in the box? Um, has been mentioned, hasn't it? For, um, was he getting in the box? Yeah, was was he getting into the box and scoring the goals that he is for against us? lesser opposition? He was yeah. definitely, but against yeah. against the big teams, he wasn't. He yeah, missed a very the Liverpool one big opportunity. He missed was in the charity shield against Liverpool. Right. He did get in the box. And he missed an open goal with his head, which all he had to do was say good morning to. Yeah. Right? I mean, he scored a great goal for you against West Ham. I've never seen yeah, him do I... anything like that. Yeah. Never seen him attack a ball like that in the box. Against Liverpool, was right on his head. As I say, just that say good morning to him, he must go in. And I think he hit the back of his head or something. I don't know what it hit. But I, I, I don't... He never... He's got legs. Don't get me wrong, he's got legs. But for me, my criticism of him is that his final ball... He lacked the final ball. He'd get into a position, he'd beat a couple of men, he'd push on, he'd go from, say, our halfway line to the edge of the box, and there'd be Smith geezers either side of him, and he'd, and he'd try and go on another, into the beat the third man, and he'd invariably lose it. Yeah, I don't think he had the awareness around him. I don't think he's greedy. I just didn't think he had the awareness to know, hold on, if I give it to him, he's definitely on. Uh, that's what I'm just thinking maybe it's because it's the Arsenal way that that's why he was like that but if, if I saw him bombing from the halfway line and got to an edge of the box we'd be shouting Rob Lee shoot you know that's that's how we see him we see him as a player that likes to score goals likes to get in the box doesn't you know have that intricate little pass like a Peter Beardsley had he's more of a Rob Lee he's a box-to-box midfielder and that's what we want to see for 90 minutes and if we see that I don't see him as an Arsenal player I see him as a player who would do well for someone like Leicester or us or a West Ham, you know, because they don't play the ball pretty around. They like to, you know, attack as quickly as they can. So that's that's how I see him as a player. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably about what he's like, really. He just, I say for me, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to produce it consistently enough in the Premier League for Arsenal in the time he's been there. And I do feel he's had enough chances. Um, to have proved it or not, and he, I don't think he's quite made it. So, if the, if the, if you know if we're willing to sell him if he wants to go, and then I think that would be a good move for him and for Newcastle actually, because he, he seems to have settled there pretty well. Um, and he's you know he's come out and said he, he's enjoyed playing there. So I think if that can be done, it could be a good move all round. If we can get twenty million for him, say for example, that would be a decent yeah. deal. I think for a player like Joe Willock personally, it'd be it'd be a good deal all round. Um, Joe says there's Danny Ceballos looking to go maybe Willock could play but we need to cash in some players to suspend yeah no we do that's an interesting one actually because out of the two actually I, I would probably prefer um, Joe Willock to Danny Ceballos if I'm honest and me it's less it's not a liability probably what no. I say is kind of small failings with it he's not a liability he'll give you 100% he won't make silly mistakes you know, he might give the wrong ball and it won't cost you a goal. It might stop you maybe scoring a goal. But he ain't going to do what gives stupid free kicks away or miss pass the ball ahead of ball on someone running on a goal. I can't see that from Willett. But I, I would definitely have the two. But if you gave me the, op- the, ch- uh, the option, I'd, I'd take Willett as well. Yeah, 
there we go. Yeah, no, no, I, I would as well. Um, hang on, there's, a, there's a comment here. Mm. Here we go. As Shane said, uh, did Willett get comfortable at Arsenal? He sort of lacked drive for me. Maybe. Maybe that, that was so. a, a factor, possibly. I don't know. I don't think he got comfortable. I don't think he played I think he's got a very good heart, Willett. I don't think he got comfortable. No, I don't think that's fair. No. No, maybe not, but it didn't quite, hasn't quite worked for him, has it, for one reason or another, I guess. Um, really, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I personally think that could be a good deal for, for both clubs and the player as well. Um, before we just kind of get on to, to the game again, I just really wanted to, I mean, particularly, particularly you, Baz, you kind of look at some of your sort of favourite memories of games against Arsenal, obviously, apart from the 4-4, which we don't want to talk about, but. Any other? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's the only one. No, it's not. To be fair, I'll tell you about the four-four and how it happened for me. I, I was actually in a pub uh, that was streaming it, and it was quite an expensive pub. And we were four-nil down. So me and my best mate looked at each other and went, "Should we go down the road, chip a pints? We're losing four-nil. We're not coming back from this." So we said, "Yeah, go on then." We went down the road. They've got Gillette Soccer Saturday on sitting there drinking the same drink, but two pound cheaper. 4-1. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's just a consolation goal. Still carry on drinking. 4-2. Four, 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 Should we go back? No, we do not go back to the pub. 4-3. Should we go back? No, we're staying here. And then when Toyota scored, we went absolutely ballistic. It was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I missed, I missed the whole comeback. <laughs> but uh, my favourite... Yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> but my my favourite yeah. game against Arsenal was uh, at St James's Park and it was when Peter Beersy scored in the 89th minute to beat you 1-0 from 30 yards. I don't know if you can remember it or not, but it was a screamer. And uh, that's when you had all the, the, the good old boys back in the day. I think that was 1995, 94-95. And it was a cracking goal from 30, 35 yards right in the 89th minute and we absolutely peppered you that day as well and I'm yeah. sure was David the, Seaman was in was goal. That, no, it wasn't the end of the season, was it? I can't quite remember what time of the season it was because it was that long ago. <laughs> but I just remember Peter Beardsley picking the ball up and just unleashing a shot and David Seaman couldn't get near it and it flew in the top corner. It was beautiful and we won 1-0. But we, we hammered you that day as well and we should have had about five but David Seaman was on fire. I remember Ginola scoring a scrap for uh, St. James. Yes. Scoring an absolute marvellous goal against us. He went mad as well. Great. That goal from the left and you cut in and you went on. Yeah, yeah I think I yeah. remember that one as well. Yeah. 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 Brilliant goal. Absolutely brilliant. But I was there when uh, Burkham scored that goal as well. And uh, I stood oh, up and yeah. applauded it at the time because it was just sensational. I was quite high up in the guards uh, and the Melbourne stand when it happened. And I still think he elbowed Davy's ass. I still want a free kick, but like you know, it was pure. <laughs> it was uh, it was pure genius that, and he definitely meant it. I don't I, all these people oh, coming yeah. out saying that he didn't mean to do it. That of course he did, and it was just unbelievable. That uh, screwed our title hopes that season again. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was obviously that that was a great goal. That definitely. We was up the other end, you know, up in the uh, the away section, you know, miles up in the air. So we yeah, you'd be at the time, but we saw a replay of it. It was like, wow, that was that was something special. Yeah. And 
I do think he did mean it. If it had been any other player, you'd probably think, did he mean it or not? But because it's Dennis Bergkamp, I think, you know, he was one player that would have done that on purpose, wouldn't he? He would have done it on purpose. But I agree. I think the VAR may well have disallowed that nowadays, which would have been a shame, wouldn't it? You know, to have... Yeah, it would have been a shame, wouldn't it? But it, it was definitely an elbow. <laughs> but you could tell by Burkham's body shape how he turned. You could tell he meant it. It was it was yeah. just a finger yeah. beauty. No, no. I, I'll I tell you my other favourite Arsenal goal very quickly because the, this this was another funny story. Actually, it was uh, I'm sure it was New Year's Day, and like the pub was packed, and Arsenal were on the TV at uh, the Emirates. It was when Giroud scored that scorpion kick. Oh yeah, literally. When he did it, I must have been the only one watching the TV at the time. There must have been a hundred people in this bar, and I just went ah, and then everyone like probably went oh. <laughs> just wait, just wait till you see that everyone went oh, <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. It was just the way that it happened, but what a goal that was! Yeah, no, that that was, showed that was rude kids clips of all his favorite goals. They would think he was Lionel Messi, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, no, he, the thing with Giroud, I think he was very underrated, actually. I, I think he was a very good player. He, he had a great touch, great awareness, and he, he scored some great goals as well. I mean, obviously, that one was probably the, the, the pick of them all, but he did score some good and important goals, actually. He had a, quite a good record scoring against Newcastle, I seem to remember. He seemed to score against Newcastle quite a lot, didn't he? <laughs> uh, but one of our <laughs> players, I remember he got two, two headers in one game, didn't he, at the St. James's one year in the mm-hmm. first half. Two very similar goals from, from Collins, I think they were. But um, that's yeah. what he was good at. It's, it's a player we could do with now, actually, a, a, a plan B, if you like, because, you know, we put yeah. quite a lot of balls into the box and nobody's there to get on the end of them. And he would have been on the end, you know, he still probably could now because, you know, he's still been scoring. That's a few what goals Chelsea do with him, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's what a sort of player that, that we could do with now, actually. I mean, you've got one on your bench, don't you, Andy Carroll, who hardly ever gets to play much. And he's got that option uh, as well, isn't he? Why, why do you think he's not playing? Is it because he's not fit or is it just Steve Bruce? Or he's just, just not good enough now. His legs have gone. Uh, he likes to throw him on as a defender, doesn't he, to head the ball away or to cause havoc <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. box in the last five minutes or 30 seconds or whatever he gets. But I, I just think his legs have gone, to be honest with you. He's just a body on the bench at the moment. A bit like Joe Linton when, when he plays most of the time. <laughs> he, he was a player. If I was Steve Bruce, Bruce I'd play him against us. He always scores against us. As, as old as he is, or slow as he is, you put a cross in, he'll probably score tomorrow against us. Or yeah, something, sorry. Yeah. He had a good record, didn't he? When he's every club he played for. Um, in fact, he, he he got the last winning goal for Newcastle at the Emirates, actually, in 2010. It was a yeah. header, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris Hutton is in charge, and I think that was his last game that he uh, he managed. Unfortunately, he beat Sunderland five one, beat Arsenal one nil at the Emirates, and then got sacked, which was a strange, horrible decision. I'll never forgive Mike Ashley for that. Yeah, no, that's, that's certainly strange. <laughs> when you look at some of the, the the results that managers have got since, <laughs> and still keep their jobs, and he, he did a couple of good results there. But I've done that game at the Emirates actually when he scored that goal. Andy um, so yeah, he, he had a good record against us, West Ham as well. Like he's got a hat trick against us for West Ham. That's right, yeah. In a very short period of time, he's got a hat trick. Yeah, I think he might have come off the bench and scored a hat trick actually. I think, did. I think he did actually, yeah. Yeah, but one player. He scored that bicycle kick against you lot. Yeah, I think that was one of that hat trick actually. 
Yeah, he, he always he always scored against us. It, it just used to do my head in, actually. <laughs> so I'm quite pleased he's not playing much for Newcastle because no doubt he, he'll probably come on in the last minute on Sunday and score. It'll be his first touch. I'll probably not that. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> that's what he's done throughout his career against Arsenal for some reason but anyway um, I mean sort of moving on to the game on Sunday and obviously I mean I was just saying this before actually on, on, on Paul's channel the two review that um, I feel as though this game is probably means more to Newcastle because you know you know one more win and you're pretty much going to be safe aren't you so I yeah. think your motivation for this game is going to be far higher than ours because it comes in between these two European games which is more important to us, I think so, the, the, the team, the players and everybody. So I think it's maybe from your point of view, it's probably a good time for you to be playing us, actually, because I think that our mind's going to be elsewhere. We're not playing that well anyway. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in the team. I mean, what are you thinking, Melvin? Do you kind of think that this game is going to be quite low down on the priorities of everybody at Arsenal this weekend? Or do you think that there might be a few players who may be trying to say, look, give me a chance. I want to prove that I can come in and do a job maybe for Thursday? I don't think that argument, Richard, about I'll show you what I can do to pick me, because he doesn't always pick the best players anyway, so they're better off playing poorly anyway. Might have more chance of getting in the team on Thursday. Because <laughs> he, he does things you don't, you know what I mean? The good players don't even get picked and the bad ones seem to still get in. So I think that, that argument's out the window. I don't, I think that Newcastle will probably, I've never probably beat us on the basis of that A, it means more to them, and B, we ain't good enough. I mean, there's two. We can't use that as an excuse. It might be a factor to a degree, but but um, I don't I think. Soon, soon, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, don't worry. I'll be, I'll be soon. Sorry. Sorry about that. Brilliant. <laughs> um, we're lost the train of thought going against that. Um, no, I, I think that we, we're not good enough. We're not playing well. I know that every so often. Um, you know, we, we, we have a good result to so try and forget about the bad results we've had. But I don't think we, we just confidence. If you think about the last three games, Richard, the last three games we've played, we've been absolutely poor in all of them. We've been, I mean, the Fulham game, the Everton game, and on Thursday, those three games is ex certificate as far as I'm concerned. And I don't like ranting about Arsenal. I love the Arsenal. I love the club. I love everything about it. But I just can't get the enthusiasm going. And it's not because we're getting beat, it's how we're getting beat. You know, I've, yeah. I've watched teams for a long, long time over the career of, of the Arsenal. I've been watching for years and years and years. And we've had very poor teams, we've had poor results, we've had this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, I believe that the players who wear the shirt are kicking the ball in the same direction as the fans. It doesn't seem to be with us at the moment. That's the case. How can you have a first half performance? in the most important game of the season last night, like that. Something about, someone said, oh, oh, we learn by our mistakes. No, you don't learn by your mistakes. You shouldn't have that. You should have known that anyway. You, listen, I don't even know that I've got to cross a road with my eyes shut and get run over. I know that. All right, I don't have to test it first. Don't give those <laughs> poor performances and say that you're going to learn by it. No, you should know. You're a professional footballer. You get, you know, you, you wear the shirt. Or even if you don't love the club, you wear the shirt. You should be getting 100% and concentrating. And I put out today, why is it we only we seem to attract defenders that have got no concentration? I agree they're probably coached badly. You might say it could be. But at the end of the day, how do these defenders get through all the different hoops to become a professional footballer in the top league? I mean, you know, you, you know, Arsenal and all the other clubs, Newcastle, Everton and all that, 
they get them at schoolboy level. They then get them at youth level. Then they go through to the, the reserves. And all this time, they've got a million eyes on them. Everything, every time they touch the ball in the, in the training and the games they play, they are being watched. Any mistake they made, they pick it up. And the coach is going, oh, look at that. He's not for us. He's not for us. It's like a, going through a filter. Out of these boys who get to the top, beat everybody else, cannot concentrate for 90 minutes. Can't concentrate for 45 minutes because it's the first time they couldn't concentrate. To me, it's baffling. You know what I mean? I, I've played with, with people at school who are unbelievable footballers, right? They didn't make it for whatever reason, but unbelievable footballers. Jerome's played in leagues where I've seen other footballers, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this kid was 16, 17. Why isn't he playing or under the auspices of a big club? No, no club, not even the second, third division club. Nothing. Mm. And yet he's getting better than going top, 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 top. And they still make stupid errors. It's like, it's like watching Hackney Marshes players. I'm disrespecting them. I'm sorry, but I played over Hackney Marshes. I'm telling you, when I played, we concentrated. We probably weren't very good, but we managed to concentrate for 90 minutes. Our boys, our defence, especially from a corner, you shouldn't have to concentrate from a corner because you know it's dangerous. The alarm bell should be going off in your head. So corner, boys, perhaps we should... Uh, Concentrate a little bit more. You know, 99% mostly. Let's try 100% for this corner. No, let's just watch it go over our heads. It just drives me mad. It really does. And so, that, anyway, that's why I feel it just, uh, you know, as I say, I love the club. I've, I've, it's, it's been in my emotion. It's taken up my, my time, my emotion. It's used to be the last thing I think about before I got out of bed, the first thing I wake. You know, we used to get beat on a Sunday, a Saturday. Sunday morning, I wake up, and the first thing I'm thinking about is, Oh, we got beat. Oh, my God, we got beat. Nowadays, I wake up and I'm thinking, what's the breakfast? You know, it's a bit like that. Anyway, that's... No, I, I, I agree. I must admit, I, I do feel as though, certainly the last year or so, I think I personally have felt a lot more detached from it all. I mean... I, I know, obviously, Baz, you said you, you kind of wasn't going to games before because of your, your reasons that, that you said about Benitez. Do, do you feel more detached from the club now, emotionally maybe, than you did perhaps before when you were going to games more regularly and when fans were in the stadiums and when things were sort of normal, if you like? Did you feel more detached from it now? God, it's been 14 years for us, though, hasn't it? This is the thing. I mean, I've yeah. been attached, unattached, attached, unattached. Uh, <laughs> when Bruce got this second season, I started my channel to actually keep me interested in the game. That's how low it got mm -hmm. for me, because I just thought, we're, we're just going to be fighting relegation again. We never wanted Steve Bruce from the start. I never did. I know a lot of other fans didn't. Uh, you know, he's a championship manager at best. And I just literally stopped caring. You know, I, I've got, I work with a lot of Leeds fans, my United fans, Liverpool fans. I've even got an Arsenal fan at work as well. And uh, they just took the mick and I used to just say, what? I don't follow football anymore. I'm a, I'm a cricket fan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how bad it got. And I started getting more back into it, doing my channel and, and forcing myself to fall back in love with Newcastle, which mm. you shouldn't have to do. It should just be something that you, you, you know, you've always loved, which I have. But to find a reason to watch them was very weird feeling, very strange, thinking that well, I've got to watch the game, otherwise I can't do my channel. You know, it shouldn't be that yeah. way. It should be, yes, I'm watching the game and I'm going to be doing my channel afterwards and talking about what's going on with the game. And mm. yeah, it's just 
it's it's horrible at the moment. It really is. Uh, I do feel for you a little bit, but I, I I can't feel for you as much as what we've gone through for so long. It's, no, no, you know, <laughs> no, just joining the party in my eyes. <laughs> no, no, we've, we've been passed out in the corner, drunk with a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> and now you're walking through the door, going party time. When it comes to these bad owners, and we're just there going, "Oh, take a seat, mate." <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and. I think maybe, you know, we've perhaps been spoiled as Arsenal fans over the years with the success that we've mm. seen and the great teams that we've had. And now we're maybe, it's more of a reality check now. This is more, you know, normal for most clubs, probably what we're going through at the moment. It's just, you know, what most clubs go through the whole time. Like you said, you know, what you guys have been through for years. And, you know, I suppose it's maybe in 10 years' time, if we're still in the same situation, we'd have got used to it by then. And we'll just think, well, you know, if, if we win a game, it's great. And if we lose a game, it's normal. And maybe we'll feel like that eventually. But it's that transitional period that maybe we're about to get into yeah. now. Hopefully it won't last very long, but who knows? But no, I mean, I've become detached. And I agree with you about the channel, actually. There's been a lot of games this season in particular where I don't think if I was doing a watch-along, I hadn't planned to do a watch-along on the channel, I wouldn't have watched it. And mm -hmm. it's almost forced me to watch the game. And that's probably why sometimes I've set up a watch-along, because it means I've got to watch the game. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't watch yeah. it. I'd find something else to do. You know, because it's 90 minutes of your life that you just don't get back. And it's been painful this season, a lot of the games, you know. So, yeah, I mean, and like you said, you know, I feel bad even talking about it because like, like you said, you've, you've experienced this for, uh, you know, many years and we've only just had it for a few years. So, but it's definitely how I feel now. Uh, and it's getting yeah. more and more each week and I'm losing more and more kind of connection with it and I, I think the whole thing with VAR as well and just everything that's going on in football at the minute the European Super League thing kind of tops it off for me and it's like the enjoyment of football for me has, has gone and I've actually got more and more into the women's games for the reason that there's no VAR it's more real and I've been enjoying that more actually I've got to be honest and on Sunday funnily enough the Arsenal women are playing at the same time as the Arsenal Newcastle game at two o'clock on Sunday oh, Arsenal right. women are playing the second from last game and if they win they'll pretty much guaranteed Champions League football next season. So I'm actually going to have both games on at the same time and do watch songs of both of them. Probably more more bothered about the women's game, if I'm honest, because I just feel that we're not going to be bothered about the Newcastle game much as a, as a club. So, But we'll see. I mean, see what the team lineups like. I mean, I know Callum Wilson's supposed to be fit now, isn't he, as well, which is good news for, for yes. us, obviously. Yes. Very, very happy that man is back. You know, it, uh, without his goals, we don't win football matches. It's as simple as that. And it, it's not just his goals, though. If you, if you watch Joel Linton and then you watch Wilson and you watch the movement, Joel Linton doesn't have it. Wilson has it in abundance. If you watch the little intricate little runs down the channels he makes to make space for other people, he gets himself in between defenders rather than up tight against a defender like Joel Linton does. And it just gives you that little bit of extra awareness of what's going on on the football field he's he's a top striker he really is and we were yeah. very lucky he didn't go to Villa if he went to Villa our season would have ended already because you know 13-14 goals he's got this year without that we're down and we would have been down last year without them as well so he's a top striker in my eyes he really is yeah no no he is we've actually had that yeah he's a great player and um, he scored a couple of goals against us as well for Bournemouth previously so um, it's not good news for us that he's fit from that point of view because I'm sure that he'll be itching to get back into it, having missed a few games as well and 
he made an impact last week, didn't he have that goal disallowed, as we said, against Liverpool. So I'm sure he'll be, he'll be well up for for getting a goal or two. Shane says, yeah, he said, Basley said, obviously, you, you know you like Rafa Benitez. Do you think he could have got us Arsenal into Europe with our squad? Yes. I think he's that good of a manager. He finds a way of winning football matches. If you look at our squad that came up from the Championship and he spent two years in the Premier League with a Championship squad and got us mid-table, can you imagine what he could have done with the likes of Aubameyang and Lacazette and all them lot? So, yeah, easily. I think he'll be playing European football, definitely. Champions League, probably finish fourth or third, definitely. No, no, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And you know, a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans have been putting a lot of the blame this season on the players, actually, saying the players aren't good enough. And some of them clearly aren't. I don't think there's any question about that. But I, I believe that with uh, a decent manager who knows what they're doing, we would have performed a lot better this season. The results would have been better. And Rafa Benitez is, is a top manager. There's no doubt. You know what he's achieved yeah. in his career is second to none, isn't it? And I, I would have loved. Well, I still would actually. I'd take Rafa Benitez over Arteta every single day of the week without a shadow of a doubt about even thinking about it. I just think he's a quality manager, and I believe he could get a lot more out of this group of players that we've got. And I don't know about third or fourth. I mean, that'd be great. I'd certainly feel that we'd be challenging in the top six and challenging for the top four this season yeah. with him. And you never know the way the season's gone; anything's possible, I guess. But yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree. With you. I think he would have done a, a much better job for us. He would have been a good fit, actually. And you never know; maybe next year he, he might he might come back. Who knows? Comes come to half or whatever. If he can bring Saint Maximin with him as well, that'd be really nice as well. Um, we can do a spot with Joe Willett that's fine I don't mind that's that's a pretty good deal but you do know that Rafa didn't actually want ESM to join Newcastle the same as Joel Linton so that would be a bit of a strange one in my eyes so apparently because of ESM's trouble at his old club he was a bit of a maverick Uh, Benitez didn't fancy him so we're only seeing him because Benitez left so it's a double-edged sword with that one it really is well that's interesting I didn't didn't realise that actually be quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know similar situation was it Unai Emery didn't want Nicholas Pepe either, did he? And um, that didn't really work yeah. out. I guess it's important that a man has a good relationship with the players, you know, to get the players that they want, I suppose. So, but I think I, I'd probably take Rafa Benitez over getting take maximum, I think, for the long term mm. benefit of the club, possibly. But anyway, I don't, yeah. I don't suppose that's really on the cards if we're honest, is it? Let's be honest, I can't see him <laughs> Benitez as much as I'd like him. Is he, is he actually still in China or did he, um, did he leave? Is he still there? He left. No, he terminated his contract, so he's actually a free agent at the moment. So he's waiting for a project, and if Arsenal are looking for a new manager, then wow. he would That's he would definitely consider it. Melvin, get on the phone to Cronky. Get on the phone. Raph is available. <laughs> I'm just charging my phone up now as you can talk. Richard, I'm yes. not making a move now. Yeah, no, no. Right. Just, just, before you go, just before you go, Melvin, what, what's your score prediction for Sunday, if you're bothered? I think we get beat 2-0. Wow, okay. Ooh. That's um, that's pretty cheap. Sorry to say that. I hate to be negative. <laughs> no, no. no. I've got to be honest. Got to be honest. Baza, lovely to meet you, mate. Make some really nice Newcastle forward this year, haven't we? Richard, some great yeah. Newcastle yeah. forward this year. You're very good. Right, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Keep well. Yeah, right, cheers, Melvin. Cheers, Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Cheers, Melvin. That's Melvin, of course, who's always a regular on our channel anyway. He'll be back very soon. Yeah. He's, uh, got his hands full tonight with uh, with grandchildren and stuff like that, as you can hear. Um, so, Basil, what, what are you thinking Sunday? Do you, uh, what's your sort of prediction in terms of the, the, the squad? Are you quite confident? I mean, if ever there was a time for you to beat us, it's probably this weekend, isn't it, to be honest? 
Yeah, this is the first time in a very long time that I'm actually confident with three points at this weekend, even against the likes of West Ham, against Spurs, against Liverpool. I, I said, look, I'll take a point, I'll snap your hand off for them. And we ended up getting points and, and beating West Ham. So for some reason, I don't know why, I always targeted Arsenal at home with because of your European action. That's that's the way I saw it. Being right in the middle of a semi-final was crucial for us. So it, it took your yeah. thoughts elsewhere. And uh, I've gone for a very thrilling 3-2 win to Newcastle because there's always goals, isn't there? Newcastle don't keep clean sheets. So I think it'll be a thriller. I think it'll be 3-2. Well, be a good game. I mean, funny enough, the, the yeah. last time you beat us, that was also between two European games for us as well. I think it was a quarter-final then, 2018. And that was the last time that you beat us. We actually played quite a strong team that day. Aubameyang Lacazette played. Um, I think Lacazette scored our goal, actually. But um, So, yeah, I do think it's definitely massively in your favour that when the time of this game probably hasn't done us any favours. Um, and also, as well, the fact that it means more to you as, as a club to win this game. Yeah. You know, if, if we win or we lose, it's not really going to make a lot of difference to our season in terms of the Premier League. It might mean we finish one place higher, but... And if we lose, it might mean we've been one place lower, but it's not the end of the world. Whereas for you guys, if you win, that's virtually guaranteed mathematically and everything. Safety, isn't it? You know. It, uh, yeah, I mean, for you a lot, it's a dead rubber, isn't it, really? I mean, you can't really go any lower or any, any higher too much if you win the rest of your games because the teams above you are going to carry on mm. winning as well. So for us, three points, it is guaranteed 100% safety in my eyes. I still think we're safe anyway. But I think three yeah. points against you lot on Sunday will just put that nail in all the coffins below us. It will put Southampton in trouble, Burnley in trouble, uh, and Brighton in trouble. So it's, it, yeah, it, it, for some strange reason, I'm really positive and happy about watching the game on Sunday, which is, I've not felt like this in a long time. So cue a 5 0 defeat. <laughs> No way, it's definitely not going to be a 5 0 defeat for you guys. I can virtually guarantee that the way we've been playing. Um, and I say, as we've mentioned, you know, I think our focus is elsewhere this week, which, um, you know, is, is understandable. And I would certainly take a defeat on Sunday if it means on Thursday we get the right result and we need to go through to the final. So, um, and I think exactly. most of the people at Arsenal would probably feel the same. So, I wouldn't say it's a dead rubber. I don't think a dead rubber exists in, in the world of Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a big enough club not to, you know, we should be trying to win every single game that we play regardless. And um, yeah. But I do feel as though our focus is going to be elsewhere this week. And um, I'm not sure it's going to be 3-2. I mean, in my preview video, I predicted 2-1 to Newcastle. Uh, and I do feel that you'll right. win just because of one... You're in decent form at the minute. You're winning games. I know Joe Willett's been got a lot of goals and he can't play, which is going to be... How do you think you'll kind of replace his goals? Because obviously the last two or three games, he's come on and got a goal. He's obviously not going to be able to play Sunday, is he? How do you think you're going to replace that then? If you're going to win 3-2, who's going to get your goals? I suppose Wilson. Oh, Wilson, Sir Maximum, Almiron. They're all due a goal. Uh, it would be nice to have Willett to call on, but he doesn't want to be known as a super sub, does he? So... I mean, they'll put Matty on the bench and Matty's got a goal in him. He scored his debut goal against Man United, which was a cracking strike all those years ago. He needs more game time in my eyes. Uh, Elliot Anderson, I would love to see him be on the bench and maybe come on. He played against Hughes in the FA Cup and he had a great yeah, game. Yeah. Looked a good player. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Why isn't he in the squad all the time? It's, it's oh, this whole... I don't know if you've ever seen my breaking news, but I, I, I reeled off about you know, the possibility of 18 players moving or getting contracts and stuff like mm -hmm. this. 
And Eddie Anderson was one of them for me. They should have sent out on loan at the start of this season. They didn't, but they're apparently going to send them out on loan next season, which is a big shame because I think he's got a big future for our club. And I want to see him in the Premier League, not in the Championship or League One. So, but yeah, the the, the goals for us, it's always been the front three. Uh, about a month ago, I used to say to everyone, we need our centre-back scoring goals again because that's how we're going to nick, nick yeah. points 1-0 or something like that. So, you never know. Fernandez is back. Uh, he might nick a, nick a goal forward. You've got Matt Ritchie on the left wing as well and Murphy right wing back as well. He's capable of scoring goals. He's proved in the, in the last few games as well. So, there's, there's goals everywhere around the team. It's just getting them in the right place at the right time. I, mean, I think Matt Ritchie scored the winner actually last time you beat us, didn't he? That, that game I mentioned before. I think yeah. Matt Ritchie scored in that game. So I, I did hear there maybe a doubt he might not be fit, actually. He's got a little bit of an injury, Matt Ritchie. Oh, right. So um, I mean, that'd be maybe that would be good point. I've always liked Matt Ritchie. I think he's a good player, actually. He's a decent Premier League player. He gives 100% as well. Um, is Hayden fit? Isaac Hayden? Because he obviously played for us, didn't oh, he? He's, 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 he's done for the season, unfortunately. He picked up a really bad knee injury. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he turned and a player fell on his leg and it got caught. And uh, that's uh, his, his season's finished. Oh, that's a shame because that was against he, Brighton, I think. That was against Brighton. Oh, was it the Brighton game? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's. Uh, yeah, he's someone he's, fell on him. He's a decent player, actually, Hayden, isn't he? Isaac Hayden. He's, he's a solid, steady player. and you know, he's probably one of the more consistent performers for Newcastle that he's been, isn't he? So, um, yeah. obviously, that's a big loss, I suppose. But like you said, your results have picked up anyway. So, I guess you've sort of made to compensate without him, really. But, yeah, I mean, Matt Ritchie's a good player. I like him. I've always liked Matt Ritchie. Yeah. I think he's a really good player, 100%. 100% player, isn't he? Great player to have. And that's something that Terry mentions here, actually. He says, don't you think that at least the player should put in his 100% effort even when they don't play well? Exactly. That's the minimum you'd expect. And that's been a criticism I've had of Aubameyang, actually, is that when he doesn't play well, he doesn't seem to try it. And there's no... You can't forgive it. You can, you can forgive a player not playing well because everyone has a bad game. Some some yeah. players have three or four bad games in a row. But if they try and give 100% and put the effort in, you can't really criticise them, can you? And um, Shane says, yeah, don't worry, Bazzy says, we will give Newcastle a goal. <laughs> We've been consistent in giving goals away there. That's true, definitely. And I'd actually wouldn't be surprised, like you said, uh, maybe one of the centre-backs, I think, our defending from set-pieces has been poor. We conceded a terrible goal last night. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you might score from a corner one of your centre-backs. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, that yeah. We've got three of them playing, so there's, yeah, a, there's exactly. a good chance. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. So, yeah, maybe it could be 3-2 then, perhaps. But I can't see us scoring two, though, if I'm totally honest, the way we've been playing. But who knows? Mm. Depends on the, on the team lineup. Uh, I say I can't predict what Arteta is going to pick for this game. He like he's either going to rest loads and loads of players, and you you, you won't recognise mm-hmm. half the team, or he'll keep the regular players playing like he has done to try and maybe restore a bit of confidence before Thursday. Yeah. That could be way you might look at it. Who knows? But yeah, I mean it's, it's it's an inconvenience this game. I think for us actually at the moment coming when it does, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we could have postponed it and played it like another time, played it midweek week after or something like that, you know, I'm sure we could have fit in somewhere. It seems a bit of an inconvenience. It'd be the first game, actually. The first Newcastle away game I've not been able to, to go to for years. Oh, no. Years. I can't remember last time I wasn't at one, so I'm going to be disappointed not to be there. But but anyway, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be good fun. And um, If it does finish 3-2, it'll certainly be a decent game to watch, I suppose. Um, and um, Terry today, obviously, going 
referring to Shane's comment about Mike Dean. He says, um, and VAR 2-0 mm-hmm. start. Well, I don't know. We've not had much joy with VAR this season, actually. We haven't. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Mike go in our favour. It did go in our favour last night, that penalty. I know you missed it, but um, we got a very soft penalty last night, actually. Yeah. Um, VAR didn't overturn. The referee gave it. I saw a replay of it and thought, it's one of them ones where the, the, the forward player leaves his foot onto the defender and falls over. You know, Harry Kane right. does it a lot. Mo Salah does it a lot. That kind of thing. That's what Bakayo Saka does. You know, he's not a diver usually, but he did. He put he left his leg in, dangled his leg and fell over. Yeah. The ref gave it a penalty. And when I saw the replay, I'm thinking, VAR will overturn that. But it didn't. And we got it and we scored and it's, you know, an important goal. So, um, but one thing did go our way finally, which, which is nice. Um, just before we finish, I'll just give your channel a plug because I know obviously you're doing, you do some different stuff now as well. It's not just football, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's Buzzer Tees and UFC. Uh, I also do a mental health show on there as well. So uh, I do suffer from anxiety and I've done and I was kind of forced to open up on Paul's show. He decided to drop me in it and went, do you want to talk about it? I was like, what? Talk about what? Thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> so yeah, I talked about it. Uh, got some, you know, lovely DMs the next day saying, you know, thanks for this. I do suffer from this as well and blah, blah, blah. And uh, because of that, the show was born. Uh, so it's called Breaking Down Walls. Uh, I basically get guests on who have been through some stuff. You know, it's hard to talk about, but if they've been through it, and got to the other side and they're able to talk about it, it hopefully gives other people out there who are afraid to open up, you know, get rid of that stigma around the male mental health, especially, you know, it's just trying to give people confidence to say, look, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat at times and we're all here to, to fish you out if you go overboard. So, yeah. And I, Normal Newcastle stuff as well, which probably everyone's seen. There's so many Newcastle channels, so I do try and be a little bit different. I do a breaking news because I've got a bit of a source who gives me some, some information every now and again. And you're coming on tomorrow night uh, to yeah. do my look. I call mine the look ahead, look ahead to the Arsenal game. So we're going to talk about it a little bit differently to how it's been done tonight. So it's it's good that we're not going to be covering the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's some other shows on there. If you want to have a look, guys, have a look. It'll be great. I always want to talk to other fans as well because it gets a bit boring just talking about Newcastle. And, you know, it's the same stuff for most of our fans. We all want the same thing at the moment. So yeah. it's nice to speak to Arsenal fans and met some lovely Tottenham fans, West Ham fans, Burnley fans, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, Bristol City fan, always on the show. You know, yeah. it's, it's great to talk to other people and get other perspectives because... We always have yeah. blinkers on, don't we? And it's no, nice exactly. to have someone yeah. just bring you down to earth, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, one of the, one of the great things, actually. I mean, I only started the channel this season, like yourself. So, um, one of the great things for me this season has been having the, the fans of the other clubs coming on the channel. You know, there's been some great people that I've met through this from all, all the other clubs that we've played, and it, and it's been great. And you know, what one thing that's come clear to me is that. Most football fans, from whatever club you support, we're all the same ultimately. We want we want our club to do yeah. well. We want our club to win games, and we're frustrated when it doesn't happen. And we don't like the managers after time. We don't like the owners, you know. And we've all got the same. We don't like VAR. We we think everyone's against us, yeah. and we're all very similar, aren't we? At the end of the day, and I know we have rivalries and stuff like that. You know, you mentioned obviously Tottenham fans before. You know, we have. I mean, I've had some great Tottenham fans yeah. on the channel as well. So you know, and it's it is good because you, you do you do get a different perspective, but also you realise actually that everybody's in the same boat. Unless you support Man City maybe at the moment, that, that's, yeah. they've, got, 
they've got different problems, haven't they? They've got how many goals they're going to win by every week. You know, they've got slightly different issues. But everybody else seems to have pretty much the same issues. You know, we're all worried about the, the price of the, the, the players get paid and everything. We all care for the same things, don't we? And it's good when you all kind of get together. And, and like you said, it's, it's a bit different hearing other clubs' perspectives on stuff as well, which is always nice. And um, I've, that's, that's been probably the big, the biggest positive for me this season because it's been a bad season. I mean, I know it's been a bad season for you guys. I know how much you, you know. Obviously, I've, I've been in contact with a lot of you guys on your your channels and stuff, and I know what a terrible season that it's been for you guys, and it has been for us as well. And one of the best things about it has been doing shows like this, and you know, going on to other other club shows as well like, like I'm going on yours tomorrow and stuff like that and that's what it's been about for me and that's made this season it's given this season some sort of meaning actually when I don't think it would have had otherwise if I hadn't started the channel I hadn't done all this I would have lost interest a, a long time ago and this has kind of kept it going this has given it something given it some meaning really which, which is which is great and um, Terry says yeah great show chaps hope to see you again um, Bazzi says many thanks Richard and all in the chat yep I'm on, I'm on Bazzi's channel tomorrow Terry there's a link in, in the description on the video so um, that's is that eight o'clock tomorrow? Is that right? Have I got that right? Or is it uh, quarter past eight? Because it gives me 15 extra minutes from getting home from work. <laughs> quarter past eight, yeah. So that'll be quarter past eight tomorrow. Too. So the link, the link to the channel is in the description now. So check that out tomorrow if you can. And uh, Shane says, yeah, fair play, Bazza. Top five, best luck rest of the season. Um, great stream. Take care. Uh, take care. Well. No, thanks, Shane, again. I say you're always in the chat. Always good to be your support of the channel mm -hmm. as well. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, brilliant. I say thanks to Baz, obviously, for coming on tonight. Melvin, of course, before. He's had to obviously shoot off a little bit yeah. earlier. And I say, obviously, we'll be speaking again tomorrow anyway, won't we? So, um, yeah, we will. Be looking forward to that. That's going to be good fun. And, um, yeah, well, I say thanks for coming on. I say the link to, uh, to the channel is in the description of the, this video. So make sure you check that out as well. Don't just watch the show tomorrow. Obviously, watch it tomorrow, but also check out um, the other shows on there as well. I say the mental health one in particular, that's really good thing that you're doing there because, like you said, maybe not enough has been spoken about it, has it really? And doing something like this on, on YouTube, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's really good. So definitely get behind that as well, everyone. So, so yeah, it's going to be a good game on Sunday, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to be doing two watch-alongs, the Arsenal-Newcastle game and also the Arsenal women against Everton at the same time. So I'll have both of them on. So that's going to be quite good. So tune in for that if you can on mm -hmm. Sunday. I've got a preview video coming out of Newcastle again tomorrow morning. I've recorded it already. It's going out tomorrow, but um, don't really worry too much about that because it's only a, a meaningless game that doesn't mean anything to us. And um, Newcastle might well win 5-0 and that'll be good. But um, I mean, it's, it, it's good actually because I, I want Newcastle to stay up. Always have done because you're a big club. You should be in the Premier League. That's what it's about for me. So um, as much as it will pay me to lose another game, I'm not. I've got to be honest. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be that upset if we lose on Sunday. Really, not compared to how upset I was last night. I know upset I'll be on Thursday if we lose again. So, um, <laughs> if we can lose to any game, this is one I can probably take without getting losing too much sleep over it. So, but we'll see what happens. If we win, it'll be great, and I'll be happy. But um, especially if it. Come you know, on, Richard. Oh, no. The only reason why you want us to stay in the Premier League is because you love the away day. You love going to that ground and you I love do. the beer I, around it, don't you? That's the actually, reason I why. I do. That, I'm not going to lie. That, that is definitely the reason. It's, it's the best away day of the season. That's the that. I love it. So it's just a shame the away fans have to be so far up. I don't know why we can't be lower down behind the goal. I don't know why. But why can that not happen at St James? Is there a reason why the away fans have to be 50, 50 miles up in the sky? Safety, maybe it's one of the reasons why you have tune fans above you, might get a little bit rowdy. And again, the better seats are lower down, aren't they? So they're going to punish the away team, get you high up so the players can't hear you yeah, and they but, drown you out. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, I can't know, but there was, um, I remember it was a League Cup game about 10 years ago. We won 4 0, actually. I don't know if you remember that. And the away section that, that day was um, sort of in the corner where the corner flag is, but sort of a bit yeah. further up. Yeah. And Arsenal had that section there, and it was a much better place for the away fans to be. I, I loved that game just because the view was better, the atmosphere was better, you were lower down, and it was great. And they did it for that one game. I think maybe there was more tickets because it was a cup game, perhaps. I don't know if that was the reason. Yeah, I, I don't know why they can't yeah. do that for the Premier League games because you know it, it, I don't think there was really a safety issue. It didn't seem to be. Um, it was in the corner. It seemed great, and I, I, I say I'd quite like the away end to be moved to there on a permanent basis, actually. I think the atmosphere would be better in the stadium because I think when home fans or away fans are quite close together, you generally get a better atmosphere in that section of the ground, don't you? Yeah. I always, I you always do get a bit of bun there. Yeah, it's better, isn't it? I, mean, I, I used to have a scene sitting on the clock in at Highbury and I used to always, mine was right near the, where the away fans were, you know, three or four seats <laughs> away. And yeah, sometimes it got a little bit, you know, when... We played Tottenham or Chelsea, it could get a bit naughty, but <laughs> equally it was great banner as well. And it was, you know, when they scored, they'd all rub it in our faces. And when we scored, we did the same. So yeah. I kind of think it adds to the atmosphere a little bit. I'd, I'd love to see Newcastle move the away section. You know, other than that, it is, it is a great away day. It's a great stadium. It's a great place to watch football. It's just a shame that yeah. the away fans are, are so, uh, I just don't like it up there. I remember there was a game, last game of the season we played you, and we needed to win to, to beat Tottenham for the top four. And we won 1-0 because Shelney scored. I don't know if you remember it, probably five or six years ago. I do, yeah. And um, the goal that Kishoni scored was actually up the other end in front of the Gallagher end. So, obviously, it was right. miles away from where we were. Mm. But that's the sort of game where you need to win and, and you want that goal to be scored right in front of where you are so the players can come over and celebrate with the fans. That's what you want it to be, don't you? Yeah. And I know it was great that we you won did. and we scored, but it was so far away, you felt a little bit detached from it, really, and it kind of ruined it slightly <laughs> for me. But, um, you know... That's just the way it is, I suppose. You just accept it at Newcastle, don't you? That's where you are. But yeah, I wonder if there was any particular reason why they because they never used to be there, did it? I can remember it used to be in they used to be around the side more, didn't it? One years ago, yeah, the away section. Yeah, there was before the stand was built on, you used to be in where you are now, but it moved right down into the side in corner. The corner. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. Then they decided when obviously they built the stadium and that they put you in the corner. And then they've put you in the top thing. And I, I just think it is for crowd control. That's the only reason why. Uh, I remember there was a game we played against Leeds in the championship. And they got some extra tickets to obviously fill the ground a, a bit more. I mean, there was no need for them to get extra tickets because we could have sold them ourselves that game. But uh, there was quite a lot of trouble because uh, technically it was our derby because Sunderland were nowhere near mm. us and that. And, uh, there was one Leeds fan decided to punch a female steward and then he got a good kicking in the ground from the stewards for wow. being an idiot. But yeah. yeah, I think that's the reason why. And, and I know it's it's not every fan is like that. It's probably one out of a hundred, you, you look at it. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to police if they're all in one section and you haven't, if you put you in your corner, you've got Newcastle fans either side of you. If you put in the corner where you are now, yeah, they've only got yeah. one section to police it. So I honestly believe that's the reason why. And it is also to give us the advantage of the, the fans as well. So, you know, Mike Ashley yeah. might be a crap owner, but he's clever as well at the same time. All the people <laughs> who run the club and run that are yeah. seen yeah, that and said that's a disadvantage. So get them up there. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's part. I mean, I can remember back in. In the 1980s, I mean, when Newcastle were in the first division back then, and um, I came out to St James's a couple of times, and we used to be standing behind the goal actually um, at that yep. same end of the stadium, wasn't it? 
and it was quite it was quite a dangerous away day that Newcastle used to be back in the eighties. It was it was quite a dangerous one, you know. It was it was uh, you know you did well to get home in one piece after coming out of Newcastle yeah. back then, you know. And that away section wasn't the safest place to be actually. So it is a lot safer now. That, that's that's definitely true. Mm. Um, but it's lost a little bit of atmosphere. It used to be pretty good there. I remember Charlie Nicholas scored a couple of goals off. We won three one one game at St James's and. Charlie Nicholas scored a couple of goals, but it was quite naughty that day after the game and before the game, actually, yeah. as well. And getting back to the station afterwards used to be quite fun. Newcastle back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. That used to be quite a mission to get back. If you got back to the station in one piece, you thought, oh, thank God for that, I've made it. But um, always all part of the final, I suppose, in them days, wasn't it? You know, I think it's changed, hasn't it? Because I think Newcastle yeah. used to have a, you know, quite a rowdy kind of fan base, didn't they, to be fair? And they still probably do, actually, but it's probably been watered down with the the stadium and stuff like that, like it has at most clubs, mm. I suppose. But that used to be one of the... Well, CCTV um, and surveillance and the police yeah, and yeah, all that sort of stuff. I mean, we, we did we did punch a horse. So, you know, yeah, we, we have tried yeah. to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe so, yeah. But it, I know back in the 80s, um, Middlesbrough was another, was another kind of uh, yeah. very, very dodgy place to go. Middlesbrough was. That was probably, that's probably one of the worst away games I've ever been to, actually, at Middlesbrough. It's scary. It used to be air some still dodgy now. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's, it's probably is. I mean, I vote we're not playing them much lately, obviously, because they've not been in the Premier League. But um, yeah, I suppose it is. It's just a dodgy area. I <laughs> know oh, it is, yeah. It's not oh, a place. Well, well, where Airson Park was, I mean, that was a really dodgy area, wasn't it? Um, I suppose yeah. now it's not so bad by the river, but um, yeah, Airson Park, that was the scariest away I think I've ever been to at Airson Park. That's right. It was probably darts into the away fans and stuff like that. So. Oh. That was um, <laughs> that wasn't much fun, and I think they beat us as well, which made it even worse. But anyway, um, yeah, Newcastle. Dad said the worst away game he ever went to was Pompey, Portsmouth yeah. back in the day. That was very very dodgy as well. I've only been I've only been to Portsmouth once actually. That was um, long long time ago. That was in the eighties, late eighties. It was, actually wasn't too bad, but I've heard some stories about about Portsmouth back in the day. Obviously, it's all Dockers, isn't it? So they're, they're hard as nails, them lot, aren't they? So you don't want to mess with them. It's probably not a good mm. idea, but um, I've heard yeah. a few stories from from Portsmouth back in the day. But I, I, so I've only been there once, and it was not too bad. I survived anyway, so it couldn't have been that bad. Um, but no, I mean, so that's the only complaint I've got about Newcastle, really, just where the away fans mm. are. But hopefully one day they might move us back again somewhere nice, and we can in, maybe enjoy it a little bit more even. But yeah, hopefully yeah. next season. Good for Butler if they do get moved. It would be nice. Yeah, it would, yeah. I mean, I'd like to be, where I'd like to be is that little bit, the, the lower tier behind the goal, right behind the goal. In that lower tier section, I'd like to be there. That'd be great, but I don't suppose that'll ever happen. I don't think it's since Newcastle have had seats, and it's never we've never been behind the goal. I don't think away fans. I can't remember. Um, Not low down, you're high up behind. Yeah, we've been higher up. Higher up and round side little yeah. But again, Um, it's it's less seats if you're lower down because you'll be in that middle section rather than the bottom section, so you actually get less seats as well. So that's that's the reason why you get that. Because we don't have a whole lot all the way along, though. Like, would that not equal it out? It doesn't go back as far, does it? Because it's a narrower section. No. I don't know. It's the 1892 bit as well, though. That's the thing. It's it's There's a certain season oh, yeah, ticket yeah, to yeah. having that kind of area because there's a bar on the back of it and all that sort of stuff as well. So it, it all depends on, on what you're allowed to have. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I just really liked that League Cup game a few years back. That was really good where we were there. I'd like to be there again, but anyway, maybe one day. Shane says, yeah, um, he said, Richard, on the roundabout outside the Emirates, there's a, a plaque to an Arsenal fan known as the Bear. Yeah, there is, exactly. 
uh, supposedly protect mm. Arsenal fans on away games. I mean, he he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, quite a character, shall a we say. <laughs> yeah, and he obviously there is a, it's known as the, the bear roundabout outside the Emirates. And he actually died, funnily yeah. enough. Um, he was um, the, I think he was uh, on, he ran security for the Pet Shop Boys. Um, and he was, right. while he was doing that job, he, he died, I'm sure he's a car accident or something in Spain or somewhere. And that was what he was doing. He was oh. running the security for the Pet Shop Boys. Um, but he used wow. to be, yeah, he used, I used to see him at games quite a lot. He was, um, yeah, he was a character, definitely. And you, you, you'd want to be next to him in the, when it was all kicking off at Newcastle or Middlesbrough. You definitely <laughs> went, uh, knew you'd be safe. Just but, played uh, under his court. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a top top lad, actually. And I say he worked for the Pet Shop Boys as well, so there you go. So, and um, wow. even people inside the club at Arsenal still talk about him now and, you know, on the anniversary of his death and stuff, this stuff goes on the Arsenal website and things. So he was a big character oh, in the club wow. as well and um, mm. uh, a proper Arsenal legend, him actually. Um, so, yeah, there is on the roundabout outside the Emirates. So if you're ever there, just outside where the armory shop is, there's a roundabout there and he's got his plaque yeah. on there for, for him. That's, that's oh, pretty wow. good, actually. Um, that's a lot of, it's a meeting place. Well, when there was that protest the other week, last week, there was that was one of the meeting places that people met around about. That's right. generally where people meet. If you're going to meet, so if, yeah. I've done it before, get some tickets from someone. Where do you want to meet? I'll meet you at the bear roundabout, and everyone knows. And you just meet, <laughs> it's kind of a, a meeting place, everyone, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so thanks for coming on, Baz. Anyway, no problem at all. It's been great to, oh, to speak pleasure. to you. Know, obviously, we'll speak tomorrow as well. Um, yeah, and yeah. So, Check out um, the channel as well. So I've got a link down there. And everyone, thanks for you guys in the chat as well, Shane and Terry, uh, Joe, Gary, and a few others as well from earlier. Thanks for all you guys. Thanks to Melvin as well, obviously, for coming on earlier. And I say he's always on the channel as well. And I say the next thing I've got on this channel live will be the watch along on Sunday, um, which is I'm, I'm going to do the two games together. I'm going to attempt to do the two, the women and the men at the same time. So I might get confused at some time and shout for the wrong goals, but I'll try to keep it um, up to date if I can. <laughs> so I'm going to give that a go. I might have to watch one of the games on my phone, actually, but I'll see how it goes. But I'm going to try and do that on Sunday. That, I'll go live about quarter to two. Both games kick off at two o'clock. So um, tune into that if you can. And I say I'll, I will be on Baz's channel tomorrow at quarter past eight tomorrow night. So look out for that. That'd be good as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. Please uh, give it a like before you go. And subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. I know most of you have subscribed already that are in the chat. Um, but if just in case you haven't, please do so. Um, Gary says there, a great show, Richard and Baz. Um, good luck tomorrow, but not too much. But it's Sunday, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually that fussed about the game on Sunday if we lose or not. I've got to be honest. I'd rather Arsenal women win and qualify for the Champions League. Newcastle beat us and stay up, and we win on Thursday and get to the final. Then it's a good week. Happy days. We can that all celebrate. Good. Yeah. That'd be a good week. So <laughs> that happens. It would. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Please subscribe. Please like. And I say, tune in tomorrow night at quarter past eight, and um, I'll be back on Sunday. And in the meantime, of course, as always, come on, you gunners, come on, let's do it. <laughs> Here's Baz. Speak to you soon, mate. Take it easy to tomorrow. Well. Definitely. <laughs>